Okay, today we're Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Gimel Maseches Babakama, but we're starting only six lines down. We're going to build some momentum for ourselves, Andrew. Uh, we're learning, obviously, um, for the schos of all of Klali Israel. Here we go. Yud Beis and Beis, two dots, six lines down. We're going to build some momentum. What did the Mishnah say, guys? The Mishnah said, we're talking about Nazikin, right? We're talking about damages because we're learning Babakama. And the issue is, if you damage, shor re'ehu, says the Torah, right? If it's the, if it's a civilian, right? Your buddy's shor is what you damage, then you have to pay. But if it belongs to Hekdesh, you don't have to pay. That's what the Mishnah sounds like it's saying, right? Nechazim she'en me'in me'ila. Me'ila is a violation where you misappropriate something that was, made, that was designated for Hekdesh. So if there's something that's subject to that, misappropriation, says the Mishnah, then when you damage it, you're not chayv. That's what their Mishnah is saying. Says the Gemara, me'ilahu delesbahu, ha-mikdash kachi. This is uh, the way we, where we kind of left off. That there's different levels. In other words, there are such a thing, there's such a thing called kachi kachim, and there's such a thing called kachim kalim. What the Gemara is inferring is as follows. Kachay kachim, right? So that's an animal that's designated as an, let's say, an ola or a chatas. Those are karbanos that are in such a high level of kedusha that if you were to misappropriate them, even before they were shechted, they would be considered, that would be considered me'ila. And it is those animals that if you damage them, you're not chayev. However, if something is kachay kalim, like a korban shlamim, which is considered, so to speak, a lower level of kedusha, or a or Meiser Behema or Bechor, right? These are uh, things that are mitzvahs, but until those are shechted, until those animals are actually shechted and then basically the, their blood is thrown and on the Mizbeach, then they do receive that level of Kedusha where there would be a subject of Me'ilah. But before that, they don't have the Isser of Me'ilah, and therefore there is a scenario where something could be considered holy, so to speak, Kodesh, but you would still, if you injured it, so for example, let's say Goranowitz designated an animal for a shlamim, okay, a korban shlamim, and said animal, right, was not yet shechted and was running around, and, my, and I ran into it in my, with my car. I, despite the fact that the animal was Kaddish, would have to pay Goranowitz, right? That's not the exemption of our Mishnah. The exemption of Mishnah is only for Kachay Kachim. It's only for those things which are subject to the Isser of Me'ila. And therefore, there's levels of Kedusha. And the level of Kedusha is a lower level. It's Kaddish, but you still would have to pay. That's the inference that we're making from the Gemara. Wow. So now the Gemara wants to know, Mantana, who is the Tana that holds this? This distinction between Kachay Kachim and Kachay Kalim. Amr Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Bekachim Kalim. That who? That there is a shita that Rabbi Yossi Agalili, the Tana, Rabbi Yossi Agalili holds that, right, Kachim Kalim are what? Mamon Bailim. And that's really, that's going to take us for a little while over here. The distinction between what's considered Mamon Bailim and as the uh, contrast to Mamon Bailim is Mamon Gavoa. Okay? Mamon Bailim means as follows. That so long as the animal is not yet put on his back, as we said, so if it's a shlamim, which is what we call kachakalim, if it's a shlamim, then it's still considered what? Garanowitz's property, right? Garanowitz has the, uh, the animal. He has already designated it for a carbon, 
but it's still considered as property. Again, the contrast would be if he designated it as a carbon ola, which is considered kachay kachim, then it would no longer be, from the moment of designation, it would already be considered belonging to Hashem, so to speak. And therefore, that's the point. If you, if you damage Hashem's animal, you don't have, you have nobody that you could pay for that, right? Where there, whereas if you damage Goranowitz's animal, that's what's considered shore ehu, and you would have to pay. So again, Rabbi Yosef Lili is the one that's going to say that Mamon, that Kache Kalim are considered still to be in the jurisdiction of their owner, and it's Mamon Bailem de Tanya. And we see that uh, reference in the Brysa, because the Brysa quote, quotes a Pasuk. It's, it's an interesting Pasuk. You have to, we have to look it up. Look at the uh, Taurus Arashalim over here, the Pasuk in Vayikra Hei Chafalif. It says, Nefesh Kitecheta, Umala Mal Bashem. That's what the Gemara quotes. Umala Mal Bashem. What's the context? Bamito, Picadon, and Begezel, There's a Picadon here. Right, a person is uh, given something to watch. Let's say, right, Garanowitz uh, gives me something to watch. And then he comes and he says, where's my thing? And then I, I'm really, I, I, actually, uh, I actually deny that I did anything wrong. And then I swear. And then it turns out that I was lying, etc., etc. Or Gezel or somebody stole. So, right, so, something was left in someone's trust as a picadon. And everything went sideways. Okay, the question is, what does it mean was a umala mal b'ashem? The Pasuk is talking about the context of watching over something and being a terrible right, custodian. <laughs> and yet, it says umal mal b'ashem. There's the, the treachery here is done against Hashem. How is it done against Hashem? Well, you could say in uh, the, the Pasuk meaning, meaning of that Pasuk is that you lie to your friend whenever you do anything. Right, you really are, are uh, that's bad. It's really doing something against Hashem. But there's an extra uh, lima that we learn from the fact that the mal is against Hashem, says the Gemara, La Rabos Kachim Kalim Shen Mamono. Right, again, that despite the fact, so see, ha, see how we're using it? We're saying that despite the fact that you're really doing something to your friend, right, you messed up the custodianship of his thing, right? There's an element that even if it had an element of Kedusha, that's where the Hashem comes in, even if it had an element of Kedusha, namely Kachim Kalim, it's still considered your friends, right? That's the, that's the way we're learning that Pasuk. And that is Divrei Rabbi Yosei Okay, so Rabbi Yosei basically uses the Pasuk of Malam al to teach you that there is such a thing that even once it's been designated as a Korban, as long as it's Kachim Kalim, right, it still will be considered Maman Bailim. Fine. So now the Gemara asks, Vatnan and Barry, you can be very familiar with this because this is from Kedushin and Bez. The following Mishnah, Hamakadish Bechelko, Ben Bekachi Kachim, Bekachi Kalim, Enumakudeshes. Okay, if the actual carbon at this point of designation is indeed the Mammon Bailim, if it belongs to a guy, if it belongs to the owner that, was, that designated the animal, so theoretically, as we've already known from Masechus Kiddushin, eh, that has monetary value, and anything that has monetary value, a man could be Makadish a woman with. Okay. So, in, so what, the Gemara, what the Mishnah says in Kiddushin is that irrespective of whether it's Kachay Kachim or Kachay Kalim, right, you cannot be Makadish the woman with it, which implies, not like Rabbi Yossi, it implies that even if it's only Kachay Kalim, it still doesn't have monetary value. Says the Gemara, Lema de loco Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Are we going to say that that Mishnah is against Rabbi Yosei Aglili? In other words, Rabbi Yosei Aglili says the Kachay Kalim is Baman Bailim. 
And if it's Maman Bailem, then that means that it has monetary value for the owner and he should be able to be Mekadosh and Isha with it. And yet, the Mishnah in Nun Beis of Kiddushin says that he cannot be Mekadosh a woman with it. Is it because he no longer owns, is it because he, the, that Mishnah is against Rabbi Yossi Aglili and holds that even Kachay Kalim are not the Maman Bailem? Says the Gemara, no. In other words, like this. Rabbi Yossi Aglili said what? That when you designate an animal, it is still considered, that's for, for Shlomim, let's say, it's Kachay Kalim and it's still considered your money. Okay. But that's when you designated it. Even Rabbi Yossi Aglili would agree that once you shecht it, then it's considered Maman Gavoah and you cannot be able to use it. Right? So that's what the Gemara is saying here. That Mechaim, while, while the animal is alive, Rabbi Yosef Glili would say it's Maman Bailim. But once you shechted it, because once it's shechted, then it's already Shulchan Gavoa. And after all, the Mishnah in Kiddushin says, uh, What's Chelko? Andrew knows. Chelko means the Chelek that a Koran gets, right? after it's already been shechted. In other words, you, you, you designate the animal, then you shechted, you bring it to the and then you bring the specific matnos kahuna, the specific parts of the animal, and you give it to the Kohen. Well, by then, it's already been on the Mizbeach. By then, it's already Kachay Gavar for sure. So, of course, you can't use that to even Kaddish a woman. But that has nothing to do with Riyasi Aglili. Riyasi Aglili is talking about the stage prior to that, right, when it's been designated, before it's been shechted. It is then that it's Maman Bailam. Okay. And if you think that this is a challenging Gemara, then... Uh, I think you're correct. Uh, so, but, but be that as it may, this is so far, it's simple actually. Rabiosi Aglili simply holds that Kachim Kalim are Maman Bailim. That's what we, that's, that's where we are right now. It's still considered the, uh, under the jurisdiction and ownership of the, right, uh, of the owner. And again, that's relevant to our Mishnah because our Mishnah says so long as it's, under the jurisdiction of the owner, it's considered shoreyu, and if one were to damage it, they would have to be culpable to pay it, as opposed to if it's mum gavoa, you would not have to pay for damaging it. Okay. Now the Gemara says, Umechai miyama, it just wants to ask the following question. Did Yossi Glili really say that so long as the animal is alive before it's shechted, it's considered mum and bailim? After all, vatana, now we're going to give a different, uh, a different context. Maiser Shani. Okay, we have a mission in Maishr Shani that says, Bechor mochorin oso tam, tam chai. Okay, now, Bechoros, uh, right, are an interesting thing. There is such a thing still as Bechoros, and there is such a thing as uh, Maishr. Um, however, it's no longer in the base of Mikdash. So what happens, Bismarazet, with an animal that's a firstborn, like if, you're, if you own cattle, are you familiar with these people who own cattle, like in, in Texas? Uh, they they have to they have to do like uh, they have to do a special sale. Uh, Rav Herschel Schechter Shlita always, uh, always said that there is a contract that you have to write in order to be able to like work with cattle. If you're a cattle merchant, right? Did you see the ca- cattle merchants in front of the White House yesterday? So if, you, if you're a cattle merchant, you have to deal with the firstborn of your cattle, right? And there's some there's some contract that you have to write. Rav Schechter says he had a he had a um, rabbi from the south. Uh, who his, one of his congregants asked him how to write it, and he said, you just write it like a mechiras chametz. And, and, the guy, and the rabbi said, can you just review with me how to do that too? Right? That, 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 that actually um, was very alarming to Rabbi Shechter because this man had been the rabbi of the shul for like 25 years. <laughs> what was he doing? Uh, but, but the point is, um, so again, 
So bizman hazeh, here's the idea with, with the Bukhar. So long as it is a tam, so long as it is unblemished, you ha- it's in a no man's land, Phil. You have, to let it, you have to lay it out to pasture. Because you can't shecht it, because it's called shute chutz. In other words, when it's tamim, you normally you would have to bring it to the, to the base of Mikdash, but you don't have the base of Mikdash. Uh-oh. So if it's blemished already, then you're allowed to shecht it. Okay, but so you have to lay it out to pasture, wait for it to get a blemish, and then shecht it. Okay, can one kohen, who's, let's say, a cattle merchant, sell it to another kohen? The answer is yes. You could, you could sell it, because eventually it's going to be worth something. You're going to obviously sell it at its discount, because it's an animal you never know when it's going to be eligible to be shechted, because you don't know when it's going to become a baal mum. But you could do commerce with it. So let's look, look at the mission now in Maish as follows. So, so it's alive, and it's unblemished, but you can still sell it. It's going to be at a discount, certainly. And now, of course, once it's a Baal Mum, you could either sell it alive, like as if it was unblemished, or you could shecht it and sell the pieces of meat to fill. You could do that, okay? Oh, okay. And the coin, so again, because you can do commerce with it, it has some monetary value. So you would be able to take this Bechor animal, theoretically, and be Mekadosh and Isha with it, okay? So if Nachman is going Rabbi Baravua to say that this is all true, like we said, when there's no base in Mikdash, oh, so the point of Nachman is, is making is as follows, that this Bechor, the only reason you can do commerce with it and the only reason it's considered yours is because you can't be Makarvit because there's no base in Mikdash may be rebuilt be, uh, uh, speedily in our days. Okay, But because you can't, uh, bring it, it as a korban. And for that reason, the kohanim, right, have some monetary right in it. However, so Rav Nachman is pointing out that Bechor, despite the fact that it's Kachay Kalim, when the base of Mikdash stands, Bimher should stand, already has enough Kedusha by being a Bechor that it is not considered. The monetary, to have monetary value to the coin because it actually is Mamun Gavoy. That belongs to Hashem and therefore it is a contradiction. It looks like he is arguing with Rabbi Yaglili because he's saying that Kachay Kalim are not Mamun Bailim, rather they're Mamun Gavoa, right? Because Bechor is, is an example of Kachay Kalim. Oh. So now when that discussion was brought up, Rava wants to know about the Shita of Nachman the following. It says, Umal Mal Bashem. Let's quote the Pasuk. We have Rabbi Yosef Glili. He has the Pasuk of Mal Mal Hashem to teach you that there is such a thing as Kachay Kalim being Mom and Bailim, right? La Rabbah's Kachim Kalim, Hem Shem Ramono. Diva Rabbi Yosef Glili. So what is, what, do you, what is Rav Nachman going to do with Rabbi Yosef Glili's interpretation of the Pasuk? Four lines up from the bottom as we almost arrive at your Gimel. It says, in this, in the, in this um, uh, uh, topic, Ravina answered Rav as follows. It says, that there is actually a way to get out of it. That we could say, even if it's Bismana Mikdash, there is another aspect that we didn't mention yet, which is that Bechor born in Israel is not the same thing as a Bechor born in Chutzlaretz. That Bechor Bechutzlaretz, I'll leave it with Shimon Damar, Rabbi Shimon has a Shita with regards to Bechor Bechutzlaretz. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that both the Gra and Tosvos take this whole discussion with Ravina and all of this uh, and spilling over into the next daf. And if it doesn't read 100% straight, they want to take the whole piece out. They say it's not really Gemara, it's really the Gaonim. There's a, there's a whole uh, Girsa, there's a whole situation over here, uh, but we're just going to read it straight and we're going to use Rimelinowitz's Zatzal's art scroll um, to try to just keep it as straight as possible and get through it because the only way out is through here, Barry.
Okay, so we got to keep going uh, over here. But be that as it may, so Bechor has chutz l'aretz, and in bo tmimimi karvu, if the Bechor animals came from uh, outside of Eretz Yisrael, then if they are uh, tmimim, you could bring them as a korban, but the way the Lashon is, in bo tmimim, says the Gemara, implies that, he, that it's a bidi evid, which is to say, in bo, says the Gemara, in that really, if the Bechor came from Chutz Laaretz and you already shecht it, it shouldn't really be brought Lachatchila. But if you already did it, then then okay, uh, the, okay, you already brought it. But if not, initially it should not be, which is to say that really it's Mamon Kohen. That's what the, uh, the Rashi at the bottom over here says. Right, that technically you should be laying that animal out to pasture. Anyway, be that as it may, right, that Ravina thinks that Rav, Nach, uh, that Rav Nachman would hold within Rabbi Yosei right, that the Bechor, that's a Tam, may be sold, right, either Bisman HaZem, there's no base in Mikdash, or outside Eretz Yisrael, but in, in the case where you have a uh, base of Mikdash standing, right, and it's within Eretz Yisrael, then he thinks that Rabbi Yosei would actually agree that it would not be sold, to which the Gemara asks, but if it's what we said, that, but if, if we understand Rabbi Yosef Aglili the way we thought we understood Rabbi Yosef Aglili, that in, indeed Kachay Kalim considered, right, Mum and Balim, so long as they're alive, as we finally arrive at Yud Gimel Badalf, at the very manageable time, Andrew, of 5.50, right, uh, a.m., which means we have a half hour for this daf, Lishni, Ravina, we're just trying to make ground, Andrew, to, to get you to Shabbos whole. Lishni, Ravina would be forced to answer as follows, how Rabbi Yosef Aglili, how Rabbanon. So again, this is, this is taken out by the Gra and Tosfos, but, but the point is that the Rava's challenge, okay, uh, <clears throat> that the, the Ravina would, would have answered Rava's question by saying simply, simply to Machlokas Rabbi Yosei Aglili or Rabbanon. But this, but this uh, understanding of Rabbi Yosei Aglili seems to imply uh, that, that maybe he thinks that Rav Nachman would agree or the Rabbanon would agree with Yosei Aglili. So what? So how do you? So how do you reconcile this conversation with Rav Avina? So says the Gemara that Rav Nachman was talking not about uh, uh, right that that he was talking about different types of kachim kalim. What are the differences? As follows: kachim kalim like bechor. So we mentioned what example is kachim kalim? Maisa behema, bechor, right? And we said shlamim the matnos kahuna. So there is a distinction. Even within Kachim Kalim. So already today we made a distinction. It looks, it feels like we're learning Zvachim, uh, Zvachim, Barry. But we made a distinction between Kachim Kalim and Kachim, and Kachim Kachim. Now within Kachim Kalim, we're breaking that, we're breaking it down even further. That is Matnos Kahuna, comrade, says the Gemara. Shiny, Matnos Kahuna, the Ki Chazachu, Meshulchan Kazachu. That again, uh, Matnos, uh, when you have a Bachor, okay, so that animal is, right, is something that is not, that is more likely to be belonging to the what? To the Kohen. Because it's a Bechor, it's running around, and perhaps it doesn't have to be shafted. It doesn't have to be brought as a Korban. However, Matnas Kahuna, once you have Kachay Kalim, that is already a Matnas Kahuna that's been shafted. It's by definition going to be brought as a Korban. And it, once it's destined for that Korban, because as, as soon 
as the Kohen acquires it, of course, once it's already been shechted and brought onto the, the Mizbeach, it's going to be considered Mishul Chagavah, and it is for that reason that they are more so considered in that context, right, to be the Mamon Gavah, the possession of Hashem, and that is the, that, that's the end of that little discussion between Rava and Ravina. But now we're going to go back a little bit into this idea of Rabbi Yosei Let's go a little bit into this idea of Kachim Kalim, are they Mamon Baalim or Mamon Gavah? So Gufa. Let's look at the full text of this price. So as we've already said, Rabbi uses the Pasuk, to teach you that Kachim Kalim are indeed the Mamon Baalim. Okay? But now we're going to quote the full Brisa. Okay, that was Rabbi Yosei's opinion. Oh. What does it even mean? Like Benazai sounds, and Rashi will explain, that Benazai sounds like he's just trying to explain what Rabbi Yosei means. Rabbi Yosei says Kachim Kalim. Benazai identifies Kachim Kalim to include Shlomim, which are indeed Kachim Kalim. The Gemara is going to discuss. Is he trying to add? Is he trying to take away? What is Benazai adding to Rabbi Yosei over here? Because indeed, Shlomim are indeed Kachim Kalim. Okay? And then, finally, Rabbi Yosei ben Dostoy Omer, Lo Amar Benazai El Bivchor Bilvad. Okay? The Benazai <coughs> was talking about a Bechor. Well, Benazai didn't say Bechor. He said to include Shlomim. So it's a Brisa that doesn't read straight, and now we're going to try to sort it out. Says the Gemara as follows. Amar Mar, Benazai Amar Lorabas to Shlomim. Right? So we quote the Brisa, we say, Benazai took the statement of Yosef Aglili, and he added, uh, and he, and he added Shlomim to point out what? Lim'ute Mai, to exclude something. In other words, all Rabbi Yosef Yiglili said was Kachei Kalim. And Benazai specifically pointed out um, this Shlamim to exclude what? Well, maybe he's saying that um, the, the Bechor, let's say, would be Kachei, uh, right? Bechor, so again, Rabbi Yosef Yiglili is saying that it's Kachei Kalim that's still considered the ownership of the original Baal. So Benazai, what is Benazai saying? That it's only Kachei Kalim, only Shlamim, Whereas Bechor is not considered the Mamun Ba'alim, the Bechor, in contrast, is considered still Mamun Gavoah? Well, that doesn't seem to make sense. Because again, what would you think, Phil? Here we go. I'm putting you on the spot, I apologize. But what would you think is more likely to be Mamun Gavoha? Kache uh, <laughs> Shlamim or a Bechor? You would think that's more likely to be Mamun Gavoah? Uh, because the Bechor you're saying is from birth. It's like from, from birth, it's an FFB, and the Shlamim is like a Baal because he was designated later in life. That's in fact going to be one of the, one of the Tzadim. You got it. Uh, can you think of a counter-argument? So now we're going to present both, both sides. In other words, we're going to have now two different versions, uh, and one's going to give you the reason why. There's no way for Phil to be wrong. That's why I put him on the spot. One's going to be, but that's exactly the Svar. He gave the right Svar. In other words, why would a Bechor be more than a Shlamim? Because a Bechor is from, from birth. Okay? It was uh, literally. Literally. Why would a Shlamim be more than a Bechor? So let's see inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a actually a good point because we're learning Bavakama and we seem to be so far off field. Where, how did we get here? So, so, What's happening now is, uh, I'll, I'll center you a little bit. If I damage your stuff, it's got to be your stuff. It has to belong to you in order for me to pay it. And the question is, there are some unique cases in life, Garanowitz, where everything, even though you've owned it, you've already designated it for Hashem. 
Okay, may we be zochet to, this is a Gavarnos Musar moment, be zochet to designate all our actions, Lakarish Baruch okay? It's all Shabila Shem Shemaim. But again, but again, once you designate the animal, Lashem Shemaim, so then it's not even considered Shara'eu anymore. Even if I damaged it, I wouldn't be Chayef. Okay. So then what's more likely to belong to you or to Hashem? A Bechor or a Shlamim? They're both examples of Kachay Kalim, what's called Kachay Kalim. We know that Rabbi Yossi said that Kachay Kalim are indeed not Mom and Bailim, that you still own it, but, but Rabban Azai modified it. So one case of Kachay Kalim, now we're splitting the atom here. One case of Kachay Kalim is belonging to you, one case is not belonging to you. So let's take the example of Bechor and Shlamim, which is more likely to belong to you, which is more likely to not. So Phil says, Bechor is more likely to not belong to you because Bechor is FFB. It's from, from birth, it's always La Hashem. But here's the counter argument. Says the Gemara. There we go. Rashi's explaining. Shlamim Phil have a lot more pomp and circumstances. You do leaning on it, and then you're waving it, and you're and you're and you're, you're uh, pouring libations and sachim with it, and, and 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 then you bring the wave. You're waving the chazav ashok, the, the right, the breast and the and the back leg. Okay, so that level of ceremony is an implication of a higher level of Kedusha, right? Pomp and circumstance and ceremony of Shlomim. Right, a Bechor is just sitting in your stables, right? You're not treating it special. The Shlomim, she's like a, like, a, like a real carbon. You got this whole uh, ceremony here. That implies a higher level of Kedusha. So what are you going to say? That Shlomim, <coughs> if Shlomim is in fact Mom and Bailim, and look at all these things that we're doing with it, uh, and yet we consider Mom and Bailim, Amas, Mom and Bailim who? Bechor, Mibaye? Is it therefore... Uh, possible to say that a Bechor would, uh, which doesn't require any of these ceremonies, is considered Maman Gavar. That doesn't make any sense. El Aramar. So, so it can't be that he's including, right, Shlomim and excluding Bechor. El Aramar Meiser. Right, again, we said, like, the classic examples of what uh, uh, considered Kachakalim are Meiser Behema, Bechor, and let's say Shlomim. So a Meiser animal, okay, has neither the pomp and circumstance, right? Nor was it born holy. So that's what he's saying. That is, wait a minute. So you meant to say that, that even though that's Kachi Kalam, that's considered Mamun Gavoa? Kedetanya, yeah. Because the Bible says it like this, Bechor Nehemar Lo Tifta. By Bechor, it says you can't redeem it, right? In other words, what does it mean redeem it? Bechor is an animal that's born Bechor, and this is what Rav was trying to explain. There's got to be a way around it, but to redeem something is once it's already Kaddish to buy it out and to turn it back into Chulin, right? To turn it back into a regular animal that Phil could shecht and serve. So, so the question is, you're not supposed to do that by a Bechor, okay? Well, if that's true, and yet we say that you could sell it. In other words, even though you're not allowed to Redeem it, you could sell it. It retains its Kedusha, but you could sell it either Tam Chai or Baal Mum Chai Veshachot, or once it becomes a Baal Mum, you could even Shecht it and sell the pieces. So, B'Meiser Neymar Lo Yigael. And by Meiser, the word is, is a little different. It doesn't say you can't redeem it. It says Lo Yigael. Lo Yigael, it's, it's another word to mean the same thing. Also, Meiser can't be redeemed. Ve'enu Nimkar Lo Chai Velo Shachot Lo Tam Velo Baal Mum. And in fact, even though the word lo yigael is almost like a synonym of lo tifteh, by meiser, you're not allowed to do any commerce with it. 
neither blemished, no, not blemished, shechted, or alive. You can't do. So here's what here's the thing. You're contrasting Meiser Behema directly with a Bechor. A Bechor we've already established. You can do commerce with it. A Meiser Behema animal that's been designated as such, you cannot do any commerce with it. So clearly, it is more holy. Oh. So we see that the fact that you can't do any commerce with the Meiser Behema is indeed going to be an illustration of the fact that it is Mamun Gavoa as opposed to Mamun Bailim. Because again, the only reason you could do the commerce with it is because Mamun Bailim. If it's Mamun Gavoa, you cannot do commerce with it. And that's Meisab Behema. And that's what's excluded in the, that version, okay, of, uh, of the Brysa. Now we're going to bring the other side. So again, Mar said Ben Azai um, was being Marbi the Shlamim and Lamute uh, Meisab Behema. Now we're going to bring the, the other way. Ravina Masnila Asefa. Ravina said that Rabbi Yochanan is actually right, uh, modifying the Sefa as follows. Abba Yossi ben Dostoy Omer Lomar ben Azai El Bukhor Bilvad Mai. What, in fact, is Abba Yossi uh, trying to uh, exclude when he says that it's Bukhor Bilvad? So, so now he's bringing Phil's argument. It can't be that it's only Bechor and he's excluding Shlamim because Right? This is it. Are you going to say, Phil, as Phil does, Phil's going to say the following. A Bechor is more likely to be Mamon Gavoa because it's Kaddish Merechem. It's an FFB. Right? Literally, this Bechor is Kaddish from birth. Merechem. So you're going to say, and still by Bechor, you're going to say Mamonahu, right? In this version, we're saying that he's actually, right, the paradigm is Bechor. That that's certainly Mamun Bailim. So Shlomim Baye? Right? So what? Shlomim is certainly going to be Mamun Bailim in this version. Because over here what we're saying is that Shlomim is something that is not necessarily a special animal to begin with. It only becomes special by its designation as a Shlomim later. So certainly if the Bechor is Mamun Bailim, the Shlomim would be Mamun Bailim. So Rabbi Yochanan Lamutim Meiser. So again, they both come to the conclusion of being Meiser for the same reason. A little cut, cut and paste for your dafyomi pleasure, just to get cover some ground, Kedetanya, Bechor Neymar Lo Tiftev, Nim Kartam Chai, Ubalmum Chai Veshachot, as we've said by Bechor, it says the words that you can't redeem it, and yet you can sell it, either when it's Tom, you can sell it alive, or even when it's Balmum, you can sell it even when it's Shachted, but Meiser Neymar Lo Yigoel, and yet we have this anonymous idea of no pidyon by Meiser, and despite that, Ve'enu Nimker Lo Chai Veshachot, the Meiser Behema can't be sold, neither alive, or dead and 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 shechted lo tam lo balmum neither as a as a tam or as a balmum, and therefore right from the fact that the meiser you can't do commerce with a with a behemoth meiser we see it in, is indeed mamon gavoa. Now the gemara is going to is going to pick a side. It's going to say it likes one version better than the other. Says the gemara habivchor bilvad kamar. But look at the words of Yossi ben 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 Desai. Right, the words literally in the Brisa were Abba Yosi ben Dostoi Omer Lo Omer ben Azay Ela bivchor bilvad. And when he says bivchor bivad, it sounds like he's says that the bivchor animal is is alone, only a bivchor. It implies that it does not include a shlamim. So Gemara says Kasha. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, we okay, fine. So that that version is better. So it's probably excluding a shlamim, right? Which would mean. That the right right? So it sounds like he's Marbe the Shlamim, right? But when Azay says it's only referring to the Bechor, and therefore that 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 is probably the more likely uh, version. Okay, so now seventeen lines up. 
Um, our Mishnah said, back to Kachay Kach, that Kachay Kachim are going to be Mamon Gavoa, right? So let's, let's, let's dice that a little further. Rova Amar, Mayin Lechasim Shehein Bayin Meila. Okay, what is our mission referring to when it says Nechasim She'ein Ben Me'ila? It says Nechasim She'ein Ben Din Me'ila. Maybe, Rabbi has a totally different interpretation of our Mishnah. Din Me'ila means any Kedusha whatsoever. Any Kedusha whatsoever. In other words, Kachay uh, Kalim, it's true that they are indeed, let's say, Bailim, until they're Shechted. But once they're Shechted, they certainly have a Din of Me'ila, right? Once they're on the Mizbech, they do. So din me'ila means that anything that at any point is going to go to Hashem is not going to be subject to punishment for Nezikin. That's what Rava's understanding of our Mishnah was. Wow. My nihu dehedyo. Right? So again, if it's, it's even a property of a regular hedyo, a regular person, right? However, if you have any Kedusha at all, right, you're going to be pater. So whether it's kachim kachim or it's kachim kalim, it's not going to be subject to the laws of Nezikin uh, once it's Mekudash. Once it's Mekudash. In other words, it's excluding Hedyot. It's excluding real, just regular uh, stuff that was never designated for Kedusha at all. It is only there where you have the Nezikin, okay? So the Gemara says, at least need the Hedyot. So let the Mishnah say that. Why is the Mishnah using Me'ila? Right? The Mishnah could have said that anything that has any Kedusha whatsoever is not subject to Nezikin. Right? And then it would have saved us a lot of trouble. He uses Lush and Me'ila presumably for a reason. Right? It's trying to say something. And, and, and we've just spent all this time, Barry, breaking our head, trying to figure out what it's trying to say. So why did it save us? Why didn't it just save us that trouble and say, Hedja, it says Gemara Kacha. That's a good point. It's very rare that we'll see Rava make a point and uh, get shot down so quickly, Barry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Abba. Let's talk about, let's turn the tables, Andrew. The, until now we've been talking about whether we damage someone else's animal after that said animal that was damaged was designated for, for a korban. What if Andrew designates his animal as a korban and that animal is just an animal? It's a bull in a china shop and it starts doing damage before you got a chance to bring it as a korban. Says the Gemara, Shlamim Shaziko. So Andrew, he's a good boy. He designates a korban Shlamim. And then that animal, now it's a Tom, right? And Andrew is a good boy. He had no reason to think that this animal was going to start wreaking havoc. But sure enough, it did. It started making hezek. So what happens is as follows. Andrew's ox kills Barry's ox, old school. And now Andrew has to pay Barry. So what is the, what Rabbi Abba's statement is? That we're going to use, uh, so, so, so again, if it's a Tom, what is the culpability as we've already alluded to? Chatzin nezek. Okay. So Barry has a thousand dollars, sure. Okay. Andrew's, Korban Shlomim Shor that's been designated but still hasn't been shechted, uh, let's say, kills Barry's Shor. Okay. So now Barry's got to collect $1,000. Okay. Now, Andrew's <laughs> Shor were killing anyway. Don't forget. It's a, it's a Korban Shlomim. It's already been des- designated. So we're shechting that thing. We're going to shecht that Shor. Okay. So Andrew's going to be shechted on the Mizbeach, okay? And the portion of Shlamim 
Now, as you know, shlamim, part of what makes it kosher kalim, there's certain things, right, like a korban chatas, only the kohen is going to eat. Okay? Only the kohanim are allowed to eat the meat of that. But a korban shlamim, the owners, so Andrew is about to make a barbecue. He's going to make a, a mangal in front of the White House. Right? So he's going he's gonna to make a barbecue with his korban shlamim. And who's going to prepare it? Phil is going to make is a big, big deal in front of the White House. And so the question is, a lot of that meat has value. Oh, says the Gemara. So, again, part of the, where, where, does, the, where does the Chatzinezah come from? From the portion of the meat of the Korban Shlomim that Andrew is being, is, has brought on the Mizbeach. But you don't collect from the emurim. The emurim are the fats and those things that are inedible. Wait, why? Says the Gemara. Pshita emurim salki. That's obvious. Again. So now we're breaking it down even further. When Andrew brings the carbon shlamim, there's fats and all the parts of the animal that are all legavoa. He's not allowed to eat those things. Those are called the emurim. And that portion of the animal that Andrew is allowed to eat. So what are we saying? The portion of the animal that Andrew, as a Yisrael, is allowed to eat is considered mamon bailin. Because after all, he's allowed to eat it because it belongs to him. Even after it was shechted, that belongs to him. So now that animal is, we're going to pay Barry for the chatzinezek from that animal. So Barry's owed, let's say, right, and, and again, you only pay it from, from the, it's always capped, and this is an important point, it's capped based on the value of, of Andrew's animal. Okay? So it's simple. Rashi goes through the math. Andrews designates a thousand dollars shore for Shlomit. That is indeed a generous thing, Andrew, that you did. You designate a thousand dollars shore for Shlomit. He's about to bring it on his back, and they're going to eat it in front of the White House. Phil's going to prepare. It's going to be great. That shore kills Barry's thousand dollars shore. So Andrew now owes Barry five hundred dollars. The problem is of Andrew's shore. Right? There isn't really, it's $1,000 short, but there isn't $1,000 worth of meat. There's like $500 worth of other stuff that's all mamangavoa. And $500, and, or let's say $600 worth of, the, of that stuff, and $400 worth of meat. That's all you get out of $1,000 short. So the amount that Andrew has to pay Barry is capped at the $400 because it's only that part which is the meat which is considered mamangavoa. It's only that part which is considered is. He can't take it from Hashem. He can't take it from the Emurim and give it to Barry that way. That's what it's saying. That's what it means. It says, Gove Mipsaron. You only pay him based on the value of the meat, not the value of the whole shore, because only the meat belongs to the Bailam and Shlomim, not the Emurim. Wow. Okay? So, Pshita, Emurim, the Gavar Salki. So, Gamar says, yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> Wasn't that obvious, Barry? That the Emurim belonged to Hashem. So that's what Rebbe is saying. You only collect the chatzinezek from the meat portion. In other words, what the Gemara initially meant when it says that you collect it from the gova, from, from the basar, is that it's capped, right? Initially we said, we, we, we didn't go into the details of the math, and now we're explaining that that's what that means, that it goes based off, off of the math. So the Gemara says, who is this about? Who is this according to? If you say it's according to the Chachamim, that's obvious because Okay. What is this? This is a reference to Machlokas in Shorshanagach and Esapara, which we'll see soon in Daphne and Gimel. Okay. It has to do with like what you would call 
almost, we would call it like a secondary insurance. You know, you have your first insurance that pays, and then you have your secondary insurance that pays the rest. There's a machlokas for a banan uh, over there and Rabbi Nassan. What's the machlokas? As follows. The Rabbanans say, Over there, what's the case? You have two parties, okay, that damage the shore jointly. In that particular case, it was a shor shenagachasapara, okay, a shore, let's say, damages a, a, a cow, okay, and knocks the other cow into a pit, into a boar. So don't forget, boar is one of the Arbavos Nazikans. So, and Shor is also. So the point is like this. You have two kind of culpable parties. One could say, uh, you shouldn't have dug that boar. The other one say, you shouldn't dug, uh, dug that, uh, you shouldn't have let your shore out. So, uh, so the question is like this. The damagee, the person who, who suffered the loss, he can go and sustain and say, oh, go, come pay a half, come pay your chati nezek. But let's say the chazinezik from the shore, the value of the shore doesn't add up to the chazinezik. Can you go and get the secondary insurance, so to speak? Can you go to the balabor to make up the difference? Right? In other words, they're both kind of sharing the culpability. So if one uh, person's shore isn't valuable enough to make you whole in your compensation for the damage, can you go and, pick and get the rest from the balabor? So the rabbinians say no. They say, Wherever it's impossible, let's say, to, for Barry, who's sustained the damage, to recover all the damages from Andrew, he does not recover it from, from Phil, who made the bore. Now, but Reb Nassan said, right, wherever it's impossible to recover from one of the parties, right, he does recover it from the second party, Okay. So in other words, how is this reference here? Because if Barry's shore was, was damaged, he should be able to collect from the meat, right? Whatever he was unable to collect from the emurim. That's what it's trying to say, which is to say like this. Oh, I said something a, a slightly, slightly bit wrong, which is to say the following. $1,000 Andrew shore and Barry's Andrew shore. The cap is not the full value of the meat of Andrew's shore. The cap is the chati nezik, the half the value of the meat of Andrew's shore. And so what's the relevance to Rabbi Nassim and the Rabbanon? As follows. It's trying to use two separate mazikin and try to compare it to uh, the emurim and the buster within the animal, which is to say as follows, that if the uh, meat, let's say, is worth $600 out of $1,000 shore, so the cap is $300, because it's half of $600, it's half of the meat value. However, says the Gemara, maybe you should be able to, since there's $600 worth of meat here, maybe Andrew should be able to pay Barry the full $500, the real chatzinezek that he owes him. But you can't, because the shore, you're taking chatzinezek only from the part that belongs to him, only from the part that belongs to the meat. But if you have this concept of like secondary insurance, Right? So then you're taking from a secondary source. In other words, the first source would be the Chatzinezek, which is capped at $300, which is half of the $600, which is the full value of the meat. But Barry's not been made whole yet. He needs a full Chatzinezek. He needs $500. So take it from the rest of the meat, 
right? Take it from the rest of the meat in order to make Barry whole. And so that is analogous. We're trying to draw an analogy to the case where there's multiple damagers, potentially, and do you take from a secondary damager? Does that apply or not to this case? Wow. So, well, the Gemara says you can really understand it both ways. Again, the Rabbanon would say, honey, meal betray gufe. Maybe there are Rabbanon who say that you can't um, take right secondary insurance, what I call, right? So, honey, meal betray gufe. That's only, again, the Machlokas was in Shoshanagah and Gimel, where you had an ox and a pit, right? One, one threw, where the ox did the damage, but you couldn't have done it without the pit. But the, you have two separate things. But you're right, we could still understand our halacha that might be different because there's a difference between an ox and a pit and two right, separate sources of damage where it is only there that the Rebunner would say that you can't collect from the secondary source. But certainly if one shore, right, Andrew's single shore did all the damage, so you should maybe be able to collect from the rest of that shore. Or, so that's one way of looking at it. The other way is Ebi Samir Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim says you can collect from a secondary uh, source. There, the Balashor could say to the Balabor, hey man, uh, pay up, right? Rabbi Nassim right? holds that you can't have secondary insurance because after all, <laughs> Barry goes to Phil and he says, hey Phil, you know where this thing was found, right? It was found in your bore. Are you going to sit there and say that you, like, your, your hands are clean of this scenario? You didn't have to do, so pay up a little bit. Make me whole, right? Andrew was only able to pay me a certain amount. You should be able to pay me the difference because without your bore, I wouldn't be in this predicament, right? My shore, in fact, Phil, was found in your pit. So whatever Andrew didn't pay me, you should have to pay me. So we turned to your gimel of bays, Andrew, which is great. Right? But with regards to the shlamim, you could never say to Andrew, only the meat portion of your animal uh, did, did the damage, but like the, the, the murim part of your animal didn't do the damage. So again, whether you hold it like Rabbi Nassan or you hold like the Chachamim about the, what I call secondary insurance in the case of Shoshanakah and Nungimel, it is not going to necessarily reflect how you understand the case of splitting up whatever parts of the animal, the meat, or whatever parts are a murin. Okay, so now, Amarava. Toda shehizika gober mipsara. Okay, that's a korban toda. A korban toda, you bring in the animal, and, right, a person feels very grateful. They, bring, they designate an animal as a korban toda. And you also, when you bring korban toda, you bring, as you might recall, 40 loaves of bread. You can bring all your buddies, and again, Phil's going to make a siyam, and there's going to be tons and tons of bread. So can you also, um, so you designated the animal, but the bread is also part of the whole korban toda ceremony. So says Rava, Yeah, you collect from the damages from the meat of the animal, but you can't collect damages from the bread that you bring with the korban. So the Gemara, Lechem? You're going to collect from the bread? Pshita. Rashi says, Holo Hizik, as Rashi says. In other words, the bread had nothing to do with this, right? Andrew is bringing a korban toda. And, and he designated his animal korban toda. And then before he shechted the animal, the animal mauled Barry's animal. So, of course, you pay from Andrew's animal value. Why would you pay from Andrew's bread that he was going to bring? That makes no sense. Says Gemara, Sefer is No, that's true. The only reason we brought this up is because we wanted to learn the Sefer, because Nizak Ochel Basar Mitkapar Mevi Lechem. The Sefer says the following The damaged party eats the meat, 
right? And, and the one who is actually mitkaper uh, uh, means the person who designated the korban. In this case, Andrew, he's the one that brings the bread. In other words, we're making a siyum. Who brings the baguettes? So Andrew brings the baguettes, right? The Gemara asks, obviously, Andrew is the one that designated the korban toda. Of course, he's the one that's going to bring the baguettes. So the Mo'ed Tema came the lechem ichshir dezevachu lemalei at achat lechem. You might think that since the bread qualifies the korban to be eaten, maybe Andrew could say, you sh- uh, you're going to eat the meat and I should bring the bread? You're going to benefit from eating the meat. You should be the one to bring the bed, Barry. Says no. Whenever somebody designates a korban toda, they're the ones that are in the hook to pay for the bread. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I went over. We'll resume tomorrow, eight lines down on your game of base. We learn more than a blot.